what I'd like to talk to you about today, and I think it's a very important issue, it is, are you deceived? Now, I took a look at this a number of years ago, but I kind of modified it and taken a look at it. When we look at the world we live in today, which is radically, radically changed, things, things are getting pretty bad. But anyway, how do you know if you're not deceived? How do you know? And what does it mean to be deceived? Well, by Webster's dictionary definition, to be deceived is to make someone believe something that's not true. So by definition, you would believe what is false to actually be true. Now, most people that are deceived obviously do not know that they are deceived. They believe what is false is true. Many years ago, when I was on active duty in the Navy, I belonged to an organization called Fleet Corps Group One. Now, that stood for Fleet Composite Operational Readiness Group One. What that really boiled down to, it was that we, we did what they called OPTIC, or otherwise known as Operational Deception. And part of my job at that time was to deceive the enemy and to make him believe what he was saying was real when it actually was false. This is how Satan works. But we did that as a means of dealing with, with enemy problems. But anyway, I could go through and explain a lot of some of those operations at the time we did them. Some of them were top secret. I doubt it. That but years ago, not that long, pretty close. Now, now what brought up this topic was listening to a talk radio show where they were actually talking about Alexa. You know, the voice of Silicon Valley, Echo. Anyway, they asked her, who was Muhammad? And the answer was a great prophet who taught the world to worship one God. Okay, then they asked Alexis, who was Jesus Christ? And he was described as a fictional character. You know, it's amazing. They, they were, these responses are what they're programmed to respond. But now, I don't know one of these things, wouldn't have it to tell you the truth, but I would guess that they're very popular and especially among this, this younger generation. Think of the messages that would convey, that they convey to our population. Christ is just a fictional character. Is that a deception? Well, this is exactly what Satan would want all of us to believe. So, who is Satan? What's he like? What does he do? And do we believe in God? Notice in Revelation 12. Revelation 12, and let me begin in verse 7 of Revelation 12. It says, 
And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels warred against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels warred, but they did not prevail. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And that great dragon was cast out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. Now pay particular attention to this next statement. Who is descending the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his and his angels were cast down with him. Notice here that Satan is deceiving the whole world, and we're certainly part of that world. So are we deceived? And if we're not, how do we know that we're not deceived? I think far too many of us often don't take Satan seriously. He's just a cartoon character, you know, one of these guys with a little red suit, has horns. But brother, he is real. Look at his personality and his creation. Because he is a creation from God. Let's, let's turn to Ezekiel 28 to get a better idea of what we're talking about here. Yes, we get a pretty good picture of this angel that God created. Now, in verse 12, you know, they talk about the king of Tyre. But the description that follows makes it pretty clear that, and it is talking about Satan, makes it pretty clear. Verse 12, verse 12. Son of man, lift up a lamentation over the king of Tyre. And say to him, thus says the Lord God. You see all the measure of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect and beauty. Now, this description obviously does not fit the description of any man, any human being. But the next verse, next verse makes it clear who we're talking about here. In verse 13, he says, You have been in Eden. He was there with Adam and Eve in the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, jasper, sapphire, the turquoise, and the emerald and gold. The workmanship of your settings and of your sockets was prepared in you in the day that you were created. So he was created. And as we continue, it becomes very clear that we're really talking about Satan here. Verse 14, you were the anointed cherub that covered, and I set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And it becomes pretty clear here in verse 15 what happened to this beautifully and wonderfully created being of God. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. Perfect until iniquity was found in you. And finally, in verse 16, we see that this created being sinned. And God said, I will cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, 
from among the stones of fire. Perfect created being that sinned. You say he was created perfect and he was given a position of authority and of power until he sinned. Now in Isaiah 14, we get a description of what sin caused the fall of Satan and his punishment. Now, and so that's the end in Isaiah 14 and beginning in verse 12, it says, How you have fallen from the heavens, O shining star, son of the morning. How you are cast down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Now notice in verses 13 and 14 how Satan's pride changed his entire nature and his attempted overthrow of God himself. It says, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And here in verse 14, we see Satan's intention. We see it here. It says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. In other words, Satan intended to put himself in the place of God. Now, this powerful and beautifully created being was cast to the earth, and now it's the God of this world. And his intention, his intention is to destroy God's plans for his creations. Now, this is that great dragon that was cast down to earth with his demons that we read about in Revelation 12. This is what we are warned about in Ephesians 6. This is what we warned about in Ephesians 6 and verses 10 through 12. When we are told, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the might of his strength. Verse 11, we're told to put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's powerful. Because we're not, and it, and it goes on to say, because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the world rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual power of wickedness in high places. Now, Satan and his demons are not a cartoon joke, as I mentioned earlier. He is deceptive. And he will do anything in his power to see that you don't make it into God's kingdom. He does not want you to make it there. And we're warned, we're warned in 1 Peter 5 and in verse 8 to be sober, to be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, is prowling about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Brother, this isn't a cartoon. This isn't a joke. So how does Satan go about deceiving the whole world? How does he do that? He lies. Satan is a liar. And he will say anything that makes sinning attractive to deceive you. Notice what Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 8 and in verses 44. That's John 8 and verses 44. He said, you are of your father, the devil, 
and the lust of your father you desire to practice. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth because there is no truth in him. And whenever he speaks a lie, he is speaking from his own self, for he is a liar and the father of it. Constant over man. Notice what he did in the Garden of Eden. We know this story. We're familiar with it. But remember, we were told in Ezekiel 28 that Satan was there. We just read that. Notice how he distorts the truth to Eve. Satan asked Eve if it was true that she could not eat of any of the trees in the garden. Now, Eve answered that uh, God said that we could eat of every tree in the garden except for the one in the middle of the garden, because if you do, you shall die. Notice that Satan's re- what Satan's response was in Genesis 3 and in verse 4. And he said, in dying, you shall not die. Satan always tries to paint a positive picture of sin. Notice what he tells her next. He said, God knows that in the day that you eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be like God, deciding good for evil. You will have that choice. And like most sin, eating the fruit of that tree offered some pretty good benefits. And besides that, it looked pretty good to eat. So she ate it. And she offered it also to Adam. And like we're told in Romans 1, in Romans 1, and in verse 22, while professing themselves to be the wise ones, they became fools. And when Eve was confronted by God, she recognized the deception in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, in verse 13, God asked Eve, he said, what is this you have done? And Eve's response, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, we won't even get into the, at this point, the wimpy Adam who laid the blame on Eve and did indeed learn the difference between good and evil. And she recognized her sin. Satan lies. So his prophets. He lies to his prophets. Now, I, as well as many of you out there, at one time belonged to a church organization that once claimed a membership of over, I think it was over 140,000 people. They had wealth. They had resources to spread the gospel around the world. But the leaders of that organization, bit by bit and piece, by peace, changed the doctrines of the church until it no longer taught the truth. Lines. Now, those doctrines define what the church is all about. Pretty soon, God was a trinity, and the Holy Spirit was a person. And, of course, all those laws concerning the unclean meat, they're gone away with. Keeping God's holy day was no longer necessary. 
And does it really make any difference which day of the week that you worship God? It was no longer the same church that God created. Except for a small fragmented groups, that church really does not exist today. Many of the smaller churches of God today came out of this organization. And I believe too many of the brethren worship the church and its leaders instead of God. Church organizations, organizations are necessary. There's no doubt about that. But our focus needs to be on God, not on the leader of a church, not on the church itself. Perhaps use the word, if anybody remembers the booklet that they put out called God Is, well, that is Paul's warnings for the Corinthians about following false prophets. In 2 Corinthians 11, in 2 Corinthians 11, in verses 3 and 4, it said, But I fear, lest by any means has the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He goes on in verse 4 to say, For indeed, if someone comes preaching another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, which you did not receive, or a different uh, gospel, which you did not accept, you put up with it, and it's something good. Sorry about that. My eyes get a little watery sometimes. You know, false prophets being used by Satan to, to create deception, it, it's nothing new. Been around for a long time. God spoke of this to Jeremiah concerning Judah and Jerusalem in Jeremiah 14. At Jeremiah 14, and in verse 14, this is what they said. And the Lord said to many, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I did not send them, nor have I commanded them, nor did I speak to them. They prophesied to you a false vision and a worthless divination and a thing of no value and the deceit of their heart. You know, the Apostle Peter gave us a very, very stern warning to those that follow false prophets after having received the truth. So in 2 Peter 2, in 2 Peter 2, let me begin in verse 17. He said, these false prophets are fountains without water. They're clouds driven by a storm. Or how it has reserved the black, blackest of darkness forever. Verse 18. For they speak bombastic words of vanity, enticing others through the lusts of the flesh by granting indulgences to sin and ensnaring those who had indeed escaped from those who live in deception. Those who live in deception. Verse 19. While promising them freedom, they themselves are actually slaves of corruption because whatever anyone is overcome, he is also held in bondage. 
And here comes the real warning for those of us who have received the truth of God and the knowledge of his kingdom. Those that have been, we've been taught. It says in verse 20, for if after escaping the moral defilements of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they again become entangled in them and are overcome. The final end is worse than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment that was delivered to them and knowing the truth and entering a covenant with God, turning back is not an option. You don't enter a covenant with God and take it lightly. We could go into a lot of that in the Old Testament, what happened. Satan uses men to turn brethren away from the truth of God. Notice the warning given by Paul, given by Paul to the Romans. In Romans 16 and in verse 17, again, it's Romans 16 and verse 17, where we read, Now, I exhort you, brother, to take note of those who are causing divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and to shun them, because these are the sort who are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, and are deceiving the heart of the innocent by smooth talking and flattery. Amazing. We need to be in the practice of studying all issues and doctrines to ensure what is true and what is false. The church that I used to belong to kept coming up with all these new truths that were not even true. And we need to follow the admonition of Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians when he said to prove all things and hold faith to that which is good. Now be aware that Paul had this to say it in 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. Paul said, now the Spirit tells us explicitly that it, in the latter time, are we in the latter time? Sin shall apostatize from the faith and shall follow deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons in the, in the last times. In 2 Timothy 3 and in verse 13, he says, Wicked men and impostors shall become worse and worse. And notice this, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. Satan is the great deceiver, and he lies to make what is actually false seem to be true and to be great. Satan uses the media to make what is false seem true. And, you know, like Donald Trump said once, he, you know, he likes to use that term fake news. Now, Satan uses TV and movie to make sin appear to be rewarding 
Have you ever noticed how many movies show some woman getting a divorce from her husband? And she lives the life of luxury afterwards. She immediately moves into a gorgeous home or an expensive apartment, drives the most expensive cars available, and all the men in the world just flock to her. Now, we all know this is real, right? And how often is adultery and fornication and cheating and stealing and even killing portrayed in a positive light? Now, we know these things aren't real. But if you watch enough of this garbage, it begins to affect your judgment. You soon begin to partnership with the actors portraying this depravity. Take heed to the words of Paul. Take heed to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33 when he says, Do not be deceived. Evil companionship corrupts good behavior. Good advice. Now, the same could be said about music. You know, I, I, I like country music, but the lyrics of many of these songs concerns cheating and sex. I think about Conway Twitty, and without a doubt, he, he was an excellent singer, but most of his songs were about sex. And two, two of the songs that come to mind for me, the first one is Tight Fitting Jeans. I don't know if any of you ever heard that. It's a song about a woman who left her husband to go spend a wild night on the town. Good music, dangerous lyrics. Another one that I think about, this is really interesting. You've never been this far before. Now, I think this title gives us a pretty good idea what this is about. Now, I, I love music, and I actually played the drums in a rock and roll band when I was a teenager in, in, into my younger years. However, like TV and movies, music, begin, it, it, affects, it affects how we think. Now, the same could be said about video games. I'm up or horrible. I still think much of the violence we see in society today is the result of all this violence produced by the media, and these things are deceptive. And Satan uses the media to portray sin as, an as a, uh, attractive and exciting. Now, I could, there's, there's a lot I could go into that Paul Harvey used to say, but I don't have time to do that. So let me get, just continue on. However, brethren, this is the world that we live in, and we're not to be part of it. So how do we how do we keep from being deceived? Now, hopefully, excuse me, hopefully, before being baptized, we all took the time to prove all things. Now I already mentioned First Thessalonians five, verse twenty-one, where we're told to prove all things and to hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to that which is good. Now, if you don't want to be deceived, you need to study, you need to meditate, you need to pray, for, and ask for guidance on all matters pertaining to the truth. What is truth? What is truth? It's the Word of God, and we find that in our Bibles. 
Now, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear, makes it very clear in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, that we have to, quoting Paul, diligently study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, notice that we are to diligently study. You know, we will never learn and hold the truth if we don't prove all things. But I still think that's a lot of what was wrong with that former association I mentioned before. I don't think everybody took time to prove all things. Now, we can't just take the word of someone who gives us materials or a sermon, including me, but we pay them. Notice what Christ said to the church. In Ephesus and in Revelation 2, in Revelation 2, and in verse 2, he said, I know your works, and I know your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and that you did test those who proclaim themselves to be apostles, something we all need to do, but are not, and, and did find them liars. Now. They tested their teachers to see if they spoke the truth. This is the attitude that we need to have to prevent being deceived. Now, again, again, Paul, speaking to the Galatians, said this in chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, and beginning in verse 3, beginning in verse 3. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. And here come the instructions, by the way, to prevent being deceived. He continues on. He says, but let each one prove his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own burden. And Paul Paul again in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians thirteen, and in verse five, he said that we are to examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith and to prove your own self. Now, in addition to our studies, we need to take time to meditate on these things to ensure. It is fully comprehended and understood. Now notice, again, what it says in Psalm 119. In Psalm 119 and in verse 99, he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. You know, it takes time to fully incorporate all that we study and learn into our feeble brains if we are to retain what we learn. And finally, brother, we cannot overcome the power of Satan and his demons without God, and this can only be done through prayer. Notice in Romans 12, and in verse 12, that we should be rejoicing in hope. 
We, we need that hope, rejoicing in hope. We are to be patient in tribulation. And most of all, be steadfastly continuing in prayer. And of course, back that we talked about earlier, back in Ephesians 6, where we talked about the fact that we are all wrestling against principles and powers and rulers of darkness and wickedness in high places, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. Part of that armor is prayer. Notice in verse 18, that's again Ephesians 6, verse 18, praying at all times with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and in this very thing being watchful with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Brethren, we live in Satan's world, and we need God's protection to keep us from these deceptions. Now, the closer we come to the end of the age, Satan's going to turn up the heat. I'll guarantee you that, and I believe he's doing it now. He is doing it now because he does not want you or me to succeed. And he will do anything in his power to deceive you. He will use false prophets and ministers of darkness to deceive you and to turn you from the truth. And Paul, once again, Paul warns us. He warns us in 2 Corinthians 12 and in verse 13 about false prophets or false apostles, deceitful workers, or transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And I'm not going to get into that. I could. I don't have time. And it is no marvel for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his servants also transform themselves as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. Brother, notice this very stark warning that Paul gives us concerning about being deceived in 2 Thessalonians 2. And let me begin in verse 3. Very stern warning from Paul. Do not let anyone deceive you by any means, because that day will not come. Now here Paul is talking about the second coming of Christ will not come unless the apostasy shall come first and the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition. In verse 4, the one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is an object of worship. So then he comes into the temple of God and he sits down as God proclaiming himself to be God Brother, this, this is the same Satan who was slipping out of heaven because he wanted to be God. Continuing on, it says, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And in verse 6, it says, And now you understand what is holding him back in order for him to be revealed in a set time, on set time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already working only there is one who, and when they talk about who here, they're speaking, they're speaking of Christ. There is only one who is restraining at the present time until it arises out of the mist. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth 
and will destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even the one whose coming is according to the inner working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And remember, that's what I started off with. Satan deceives by lying. And then in verse 12, see what happens if you don't prove the truth. It says, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in those who are perishing because, because they did not receive the love of the truth so that they might be saved. And notice, notice what happened. And from this, for this cause, God will send upon them a powerful deception that will cause them to believe the lie so that all may be judged who did not believe the truth. He deceives by lies, and he's succeeding in many ways. So, brethren, Satan is real. He is not a joke. He has the power to deceive, and he will when and where he can in order to overcome and to save the world in our hope in, in Christ Jesus. James, the brother of Christ, gives us the answer to defeating Satan in James 4 and verse 7. He gives us the answer. Therefore, submit yourself, yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Brother, all I can say is, see all, think all these things, and have a great Sabbath day.